The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. That's the tap inside a minute this time. Bo Nickel is not here to play around. He can really put up with me regardless. Wrestling, boxing, jujitsu. As you guys can see, I'll take you out. Bo Nickel. Oh! Spin kick sets him down. And now trying to end it. Big ground and pound here. Harris. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, Jim Norton and Matt Serra. We have a great show today. Really, really, to, uh, we don't have anybody on this show who has lost. We refuse to have anybody before such a big card who has lost. Bo Nickel is 3-0. Shavkat, Rachmanov, 16-0. Both have incredible fights coming up on this card. Bo Nickel is leading off uh, uh, the uh, pay-per-view against Jamie Pickett which is obviously going to be his toughest uh, fight yet, a veteran like Jamie Pickett. And uh, Rachmanov, who is Rachmanov, is fighting. Uh, oh, Jeff Neal. Jesus, what a good fight. So this is really a great. And we, I'm sorry, Matt. We also have, we also have uh, Johnny the Greek returning. Uh, he was such a fun hang last time. Look at my shirt. Do you notice anything? A lot of big muscular chest in there. Well, I mean, a wrong arm. Sorry. No, it's better. Uh, you don't notice that? Stay what is that? Jimmy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's horrible. That's embarrassing. Should I change my shirt? No. Is it too late? Yeah, we started already. It would be so right. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. I'm sorry, you said that already. Jimmy, this okay. weekend, Jimmy, this weekend, I got good news and bad news. The good news is I'm making your show. Oh, good, Matt. That's great. That bad news is the missus is not making it. So oh, I don't blame her. I'm bringing because you know why I got my kids dance comp, but it's at she's gonna be there all day long. I could be there for some, but I'm gonna take off to watch you. And uh, you know who I'm bringing? Who? Little Edwin. You know my brother-in-law. Ah, oh, perfect. You know, good. My, so if there's a riot there, I got my 300 pound brother-in-law coming with yeah, me. Yeah, the ruckus I, breaks I, I out. Edwin. I go listen. I know you like funny things. We get along. 
I go, you want to see my little Jimmy at the, he goes, oh, I seen him on Netflix. I go, all right, calm down. Do you want, is that a yes or a no? He goes, That's great. I go, we're buddy, me and you. But what about the fights after? Because the, the John Jones, the card starts at 10 o'clock, the, the pay-per-view. Obviously, we were going to promote the, um, of course, the prelims, the early prelims, the whole the whole card. I think yes. Cody Garbrandt's the main fight of the prelims. He's the, the, I mean, this fucking card, Matt, is so, it's sick how good this card is. Listen, we're going to talk yeah. about it all fucking episode. I can't wait. But just so I know my day, what time are you done with your show? <laughs> I should be done with my show. By about 9.30, Starts at 8 o'clock, 8.15, 9, uh, 9.30, 9.45. Be, be, before 10. Hey, listen, man. I might not even say goodbye. I might text you from the car because I got to go home to watch the fight. Is that mean? No. no. I want to say hello. I, I'm sorry, Jay. Put your evil goblet down. Listen. No. I, I, I have to drive all the way back to the city to watch the card. But do I have any... Um, do I have any uh, secret word or a code word or anything to get me... To go see you if I want to say goodbye. Yeah, well, we'll have your your names on the list. You're on the list. Is it going to be a, a person like a couple of guys the size of Edwin trying to block a door where I'm trying to? No get one me? as big as Edwin, and you guys will be allowed in. Don't big time me when we're in public, Jimmy. No, no, never. All right, we got Bo Bo Nickel here. Let's bring Bo Nickel in. Bo, this is the first time we're meeting, man. Nice to meet you, bro. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you all as well. Yeah. Thanks, How are you feeling? How are you feeling? You must be excited. The opening fight on the main card is such a giant pay-per-view. But, you, you know, you're ready. Definitely, yeah. Super ready. Uh, big opportunity, you know. So when the, when the opportunities are the biggest, I'm definitely wanting to make the most of it and put on an awesome performance. So I'm just excited to go out there and do my thing. Yeah. And uh, Jamie Pickett, I mean, uh, he's a veteran. Um, he's seen most things guys can throw. How do you approach a guy like this as, as opposed to one of the guys on the Contender Series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, obviously has a lot of experience and, uh, you know, that sometimes can uh, be be something that's difficult to overcome. But I look at it as I got a lot of film that I get to study and watch and break down. And uh, I uh-huh. have to understand and learn a lot of his tendencies and the way he likes to fight and stuff. And so, you know, with a lot of film, uh, being able to break it down and put my put my time and effort into that, I feel like I have a good grasp of what he's going to come out with and uh yeah, I feel confident. I feel excited, and yeah, just ready to, uh, like I said, put on a great performance. Uh, being a wrestler all your life, when did you realize, or when did it, when did you get the idea, of saying, "Oh, you know what? When this is done, maybe I'll fight in a cage." When did you know? Not all wrestlers. Listen, a lot of wrestlers like to test themselves uh, with the mixed martial arts because they got that tough, their grit. They have that grit. Some of them don't. Some of them get hit, and they're like, "Ah, well, this is different." What, when, when did you find that out, that this is going to be your path? Yeah, you, you know, like you said, I think wrestling obviously is a is a great base for MMA, and there's a lot of wrestlers that do well, but at the same time, there's a lot of wrestlers that it doesn't really, you know, make sense for. And so for me, I think that it was kind of always in me, like naturally, like I grew up like fighting all the time, just like for fun, like with my friends or whatever. You know, I, I think the first time I was actually like fighting – um that i remember like fighting for fun was maybe like fifth sixth grade we'd be at wrestling tournament and uh, this is when i lived in albuquerque new mexico so a little bit of a of a rougher area fight a fight culture i would say and uh right. so we do the wrestling tournament you'd wrestle your match in like the high school and then you'd go to a back hallway where there wasn't anybody else and no parents and anything and there'd be like 30 kids in a circle and you'd throw two kids in there and they'd fight and so every weekend i would wrestle you know 
10, 12 matches and then have like five or six fights, like with the other kids and stuff. So that was like the first time I started like enjoying fighting and loving it. And then, you know, just continuing with wrestling through high school, through college, it was probably halfway through my college career where I was like hundred percent, I'm going to be fighting MMA. And then, uh, you know, after the Olympic trials and stuff in 2021, I started training full time. It's crazy that you would do that way. So you just kind you just love the competition or did you learn to love it because it was a great survival, uh, mechanism? No, I just loved it. It was fun. Like it wasn't like every single kid was back there. Uh, but I just kind of gravitated towards that. And, uh, I actually had moved to New Mexico in the fifth grade. I lived in like a small town in Wyoming and grew up there. And, uh, when I moved to New Mexico, like just meeting new kids, learning new, the new culture, I'm like, Oh, like, this is fun. Like I enjoy this. And so that's kind of where I'd always find myself. And of course, you know, from there, I was watching the UFCs and, and all of the events, so, you know, go to Buffalo Wild Wings with my family and stuff. And I just always enjoyed it. Now, do you, oh, oh, sorry, Matt. I was asked why. Why did you move? Because your mom was an amateur boxer, right? Yeah. So my mom boxed uh, amateur. Um, originally, when I lived in Wyoming, um, my dad was uh, coaching wrestling. He was my coach since I started. And um, moving to New Mexico, uh, a couple reasons. We had a, a good opportunity for my dad to take a job at a, as a head wrestling coach of a really strong program in uh, New Mexico's. Uh, Rio Rancho was the was the program and a lot of really uh, tough wrestlers out there. And um, then my mom uh, enjoyed the weather of uh, Albuquerque quite a bit better than Wyoming as well. You know, a lot of snow out there. So she enjoyed the nice weather. And uh, yeah, I lived there through the eighth grade. So just uh, kind of, you know, grew up as like a, a kid, you know, Wyoming, New Mexico. And then the eighth grade, I moved to Texas. And that's where I did my high school career. So. Uh, Jimmy, you're famous for stealing my questions. I'm oh, sorry. did you want to ask? <laughs> I'm famous about his mom, you sneaky little bird. I'm yeah. sorry. So, let me ask you. So, your dad was a wrestling coach, and your mom, but your mom was an amateur boxer. She, how many fights did she have? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, my mom actually, um, she was an athlete her whole life growing up. So, she played all different sports as a kid, and then she went to college. Uh, she played basketball in college at San Diego State. And uh, so she always enjoyed sports and stuff. And then she never um, did any combat sports or anything growing up. But when she met my dad and, uh, you know, him being so into wrestling, she started, you know, getting interested in combat sports and stuff. And then when we moved to New Mexico, she started training at uh, Jackson Wink and uh, just like getting in there, moving around, just mostly like for fitness at first. And then uh, she got an opportunity to fight an amateur fight. They did like a police versus a firefighters, like a fundraiser fight. And there was no uh, female firefighter, but there was a female police officer. So the firefighting team was like, will you fight? Like she knew some guys that uh, were that worked there. And uh, she was like, yeah, let's do it. And so she fought and won and did really well. And then she was like, I could uh, probably like, you know, want to do this a few more times. And so she probably had like four or five amateur boxing matches. And uh, we would just go to like a random casino and she would throw down her last fight. She actually I was like probably 12 or 13 and it was me and my I have three younger sisters um me and my like two of my sisters were like in her corner my dad couldn't come and uh she was fighting this chick that was like golden gloves champ like 18 years old like up and coming and she thought like they thought she was gonna like kill my mom and uh for like uh, just getting some experience and my mom like TKO'd her in the second round and uh, just like smashed her so yeah she had a few fights and um, I mean, she started obviously a lot later, but she's super tough and uh, definitely, uh, you know, someone I, I look up to a lot. That's so great, man. That reminds me, Jimmy. I'm sorry. It reminds me of sure. my wife because my wife never did any yep. school sports. 
She lost weight between the kids doing the kickboxing, and she's three and zero as an amateur kickboxer. She's thirty nine. It's just funny. It reminded yeah. me of that. So yeah, my kids, my little, I have three daughters, and my three daughters, they you know they never saw me fight, uh, besides that one drunk in Vegas. But they seen <laughs> my wife fight three times, and I don't know it's funny, man. So yeah. I mean, that probably influenced you a ton, and they must love how great you're doing in this, being that they're both combat athletes, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, it was something like a lot of people were asking me questions when I st started getting into MMA, like, oh, are your parents going to like support you? Like, are they okay with it? I'm like, yeah, they're okay with it. Like, <laughs> we're good to go. So there was really no issue on that uh, end. And yeah, they've been super supportive and they love it. So they've been to every single one of my fights and they really enjoy it. On the Monday, we had uh, Frost Sahabi on, and he had a really interesting, I think we were talking about Tatiana Suarez, and he, I think, who started wrestling, I think, at five years old or in that. And he, remember, Matt, he made a really interesting point about when kids start wrestling that young, it kind of, it, he thinks it gets like hardwired into your brain, the way, the way to wrestle. Do, do you put any stock in that? It was really, I thought, a, a smart point that you wrestle differently when you start that young. It becomes much more of an instinctive thing and a natural thing than somebody who's taught at an older age. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, I think that when you're that young, you're still just growing and developing so much, not only physically, but cognitively and like how your brain is uh, just so, so new. You're learning so many different things that that and you're just a uh, very blank slate. And uh, yeah, for me, I feel like wrestling has really been ingrained in me from a young age since I've had great coaches, you know, starting with my dad and um, he, he made sure that I always had great training partners, even as a little kid. And we put so much time and effort and into, into my sport. And it was always something that was exciting for me because I felt like now looking back, it was never about my dad, right? Like, even though he was my coach and he was, um, you know, wanting to help me and push me, it was always my choice. And it was always something that I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, from a young age, I had really big goals. And I think that most kids when they're, you know, six, seven, eight years old, aren't thinking about, you know, winning high school state titles and winning NCAA championships, they're thinking about like, what am I going to eat this afternoon? Or, you know, whose birthday party am I going to this weekend? And for me, that was like, never a big concern. I always just wanted to wrestle and get better and watch film and study. And, you know, even when I was, like I said, like eight, nine years old, I would be watching film on like Kale Sanderson and Satiev and all these great wrestlers and uh, studying them. So, you know, that's just always been a passion for me. And I do feel like that made a big difference starting so young. How did you end up at American Top Team? Because you heard you said you were from Albuquerque. You were with uh, Jackson Wink. Did you move or something? Or if there's any drama, I don't want to hear it. I, I don't want to start shit. I'm just, okay, no drama. You don't, you don't look like a drama guy. Yeah. Go ahead. So, tell me. Yeah, so I, I lived in Albuquerque for four years, and uh, when I was in the eighth grade, I, I moved to Texas, went to high school in Texas, and then you know went to college at Penn State. And so um, when I decided I wanted to fight MMA, um, I really had a lot of agents like reaching out to me and stuff, and people wanting to sign me. And so um, I, I had met with a few people and talked with a few people, and um, the guy that I clicked with the most was Malky Kawa with First Round Management, and you know him being based in Miami. He introduced me to uh, Masvidal, introduced me to Dan Lambert at ATT, and I really liked the vibe. It felt like to me when I got there, like the way that they had their system set up and the way that um, they they had a solid structure and training, obviously so many talented fighters, that really uh, drew me in. And so, you know, when I um, initially met Dan, I told him I had an idea of starting an American top team uh, at Penn State in Pennsylvania. 
And so Dan was all about it and, and loved the idea. And um, he was kind of the driving force behind that. And so now um, we've had a gym up in at Penn State going for you know about a year and a half since I started. And uh, it's been been awesome. So we'll have a perfect avenue for all the Penn State athletes, Penn State wrestlers that want to transition into fighting and they'll be able to you know, stay at home and, and train at the gym there. And obviously I go down to ATT in Florida as well and I have access to all their resources. So we have a really good system set up. And I know that it's premature to say, hey, what are you looking at further down as far as opponents are concerned? You want to get through this one guy and he's not an easy fighter. But when you look at the division, I mean, you know, Gastelum is 15th. Like, that's how good that division is. I mean, it is packed. There's not a weak spot in the entire division. What, what do you, if you have an exciting win and they decide they want to, do you think you have to fight somebody unranked one more time or do you think you possibly get somebody? I mean, like Shemayev, guys like that have had very fast rises. So exciting wins can get you better opponents, as you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think I'll for sure have exciting wins. And so that's kind of the the thing I'm trying to navigate right now. I'm really leaning on my coaches and my management team to make sure that I'm making good decisions and put myself in the best position to be successful. So, you know, with with exciting wins, obviously, they're, they're going to want to push me. And um, I feel like the I'm only three and oh, and I've been doing MMA for a year and a half. Obviously, you know, I have 20 years of wrestling experience behind that. But uh, the reality is, I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty green into this game. So I want to continue to develop my game and um, just uh, get better and better every day. You know, that's what I'm really focused on is improving as a fighter and just learning and um, honing my craft and making sure that uh, I'm the best I can be. And so if there's big opportunities for big fights and I'm, I'm about it and my management team and coaches are all signed off, then we're ready to go. You know, this is really for me, a team effort and I, I lean on those guys a lot. So yeah, we'll see. You know, you never know. MMA is a crazy game. I didn't think I would be in the UFC at this point, but here we are. It's a very grounded approach. That's smart. Shoot, man, you're doing something right. Hey, Bo, let me ask you. Henri, enough of this fighting shit. What about on the day off? You, I don't want to hear active rest. You're not going for a jog. What is a hobby? We like to get to know. Him. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. a hobby you like to do, Bo? For sure, yeah. No I'm lifting good. weights, nothing physical. Nah. <laughs> I, can nah. tell, I can tell the day off, you probably got a bone. You're like, ah, you look yeah. right the fucking, it's the ears. <laughs> you ever see a fight, Jimmy? All right, tell us, Bo, what do you like to do as a hobby? Yeah, my, my favorite thing to do is go hunting. So I really enjoy, I enjoy hunting. I enjoy fishing. Obviously, I'm in central Pennsylvania, so there's a lot of hunting out there. Whitetail deer, bear, turkey, all that. And then uh, every every fall, I go out to Colorado. I have family in Colorado as well. Uh, my uncle and aunt. So I go visit them. They have a, a lot of land and I'll hunt elk and mule deer and stuff. So I really enjoy hunting. That's like been my go-to. One of my students, he brought me, uh, he brought me bear. I, I had bear for the first time, bear burgers. Yeah. Holy shit. It was delicious. Jimmy. Good? I, without, I even had it without the bread. I just was cutting it like a steak. It was okay. so good. Yeah. I'm, man, I'm listen. I'm not the best with guns. I'm a little scared, but uh, I'm afraid I, I God forbid I'd have an accident, but I'm not, I'm definitely not against hunting. I love my buddies. Bring me back some nice deer. Yep. That is, deer meat is my thing. The way Ciro, my father-in-law makes the deer meat, he makes it like a, like a, like a chicken cutlet. It is the, yeah. it is my favorite. How about it's my favorite meat? Oh, so isn't I, it too gamey? It's not too gamey, Matt. Oh, no, it's not gamey at all. 
I don't the way you cook it. It's the way you cook it. Yeah, for sure. It is you the way you cook know, it. I like personally, my favorite is I, I do elk. Elk is like, you know, I love deer, but elk is like almost the next level up because you get like these big steaks and it's just, it's awesome. It, yeah. it's do you gut good. them too? Sorry, Matt. Do you gut them? Like you see Rogan's videos. Yeah. He's always like, like, he'll cut them up and he like, he's into the entire process. Do you just shoot them or do you, do you dress them down and do everything? No, no, you dress them down everything. So for me, I, I'm actually more passionate about archery hunting. So I, I do archery as well so you know um that that's what i really enjoy pursuing because of the difficulty so yeah from start to finish you know stalking the prey getting in position making the shot then from there you know tracking the animal um find the blood trail and then processing it all the way from start to finish you know usually uh we'll yeah skin it gut it get the meat ready and then my uncle has like a really good system where we'll hang it and stuff and then yeah do it all dude that's some manly shit jimmy I thought yeah. I got my man caught when I used to fight in the cage and shock the world, all that stuff. But this takes it to another level. In my How- spare time, I got VR on and I'm shooting shit. It's very <laughs> embarrassing. This, this is, yeah. is, is like that. You're, you're, he's fighting in a cage for a living. What does he do on the day off or a weekend off? He's killing. This is what oh, <laughs> you are in the right sport, my friend. <laughs> I think so. I think so for sure. How much does an elk weigh? Do you guys have to pull the elk? Obviously, get it out of there. How much do they weigh? Oh, they're heavy. They're heavy. I, the last one I got, it was probably north of eight hundred pounds. You know, so they're they're big animals. They can you know they can probably get over over a thousand pounds. So yeah, usually uh, you want to make sure that you uh, get them into uh, a good spot. But you know, if you're not in a good spot, you'll just quarter them out. You know, cut them in quarters and pack oh. out. So yeah, you you, you kind of. Uh, this stuff is just super fun for me to learn because it, like you're saying, it's like manly stuff, survival, being able to like take care of yourself. And I really, the, the best part for me is being able to bring the meat, meat back home and cook it for my family, my wife, my, my friends, stuff like that. And that's what I really enjoy being able to like provide for them. So it's uh, it's a cool, cool experience overall. Everything about it. I, I really love it. Do you have like a big freezer full of like elk meat? Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple, couple big freezers. So we got uh yeah, a bunch of stuff. Elk, mule deer, whitetail, all that. Pheasant. But, Bo, that, that's how stupid I am. I, it didn't even occur to me that you could, like, cut it up there. I'm such a dope. I think you're dragging an 800-pound elk back to your house. I really yeah. am a f- moron. Not super practical. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> all, you know, this is – I'm not, like – I haven't hunted my whole life. My, my dad hunted, my family hunted, but I was always wrestling, so I really got into it, like, the last two years. And so I'm learning all this stuff, and uh, it's really nice for me to be able to have something else, right? Like – you know, uh, fighting and, uh, all that goes into that takes up so much of my time, but it's really nice to have like another outlet that I'm really passionate about and enjoy to kind of balance everything. Well, yeah. Latina Shevchenko, which she's not, you know, making her body a weapon. She's at the range with her Glock. Yeah. And she's fucking, it's like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> no doubt. About living it, you know? Sure. Well, yeah. Bo, look, uh, everyone is excited to you were happy uh, for you. Uh, opening fight of a, of a, a great card against a, a you know a very skilled veteran. Uh, I'm looking forward to this fight a lot. Good luck on Saturday and uh, congratulations. They obviously have faith in you if they're putting you on the main card already. So they they must think very highly of you. So have a great fight, man. We'll talk to you again. Okay. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate y'all. All right. Take care, Bo. Be good. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Man, hey, that yeah. was fun. He's great. Yeah, yeah, and he really is a, a killer too. That that's gonna be such an interesting. I always like to see a new guy like that who's so good. But he seems like a grounded, smart guy. You know, hey, look, I, I mean, I've only got a couple of years of MMA. Like, he doesn't seem like he's, uh, you know, he, he's he's gunning for you know Marvin Vittori yet. He wants to get a little more, uh, a couple more fights under his belt. He's smart. Listen, man, I think uh, there's gonna be a lot of eyes on him, and I think a guy with his wrestling pedigree he's used to being under those bright lights you know what i mean yep. he's used to answering the call jimmy matt he was 120 and three i have 100 i think i think he had 123 fights he won 120 of them in in the his ncaa record i believe um so yeah he you're right he's very matt, experienced he matt. understands pressure what do you think you're saying oh yeah what did i say fights yeah i'm sorry 123 yeah, uh, matches same man fuck good uh, yeah. uh rachmanov uh, is is our next guy? He's not here yet, but he has been talking about uh, uh, fighting Shemaev, who they are saying might go up to uh, 185. They don't know if he'll fight at welterweight again. What do you think? Well, I think first he said, and then he said Shemaev. Well, uh, who did he say first, buddy? I didn't hear you. Shamil Shemaev. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I should have just been happy that it cut out for a second. Okay, you ready for that? Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, I'm so unfunny and cringy at times. You're very funny. No, you 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 make people very happy. <laughs> oh, I make myself happy. <laughs> also, I'm, do I? <laughs> I'm just. And some say I'm special. Anyway, Jimmy, we got Yanni, <laughs> we got Yanni the Greek coming on. Yes, I can't wait. Shavka, Let me ask you, up. what do you think? Yes. Well, let's do a couple of picks, Matt. Before because we we have two more guests. Why um, wait for, for Yanni? Let's go. Yeah, we can, we can. We can always ask him, and we'll see how he compares against us. Uh, do you want to start with Bo against Jamie Pickett? All right, Opening card it. of the main fight, or however, whatever order you want to go in. I think we do that, and we like you know we build up to the ending. You know, we build up to that. Yeah, um, Pickett's on a two fight skid uh, again. He's uh, you know uh, lost four out of six, uh, and uh, one was this. Uh, Two TKOs, one sub, and a decision. Jimmy, yep. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Sure. Uh, remember I told you about the thing at my school, my academy that blew up? My landlord's a good dude. Wait, what I mean, thing? You mean the, the, uh, the flood? The pipe? Flood. I, and I, oh, I yeah. didn't have the proper insurance, you know? So I thought I was taking a bath in it. And, I, you know, I got hit pretty hard. But my yep. landlord, we had a nice talk. A nice talk. It started off a little rough, then it got then it got easier as it went. I think he thought I was putting it all on him, but anyway, right. he's going halves with me. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, I thought that was very nice of him. He listen, he knows I'm a good tenant. 
Yeah. He knows I'm a good guy. I, I pay my shit on time. So uh, we're going to work. He doesn't, he doesn't want to wind up in litigation. It's not worth it. Yeah, but you don't want to lose me as a tenant. Look at me. Of course not. Uh, all right. Back to the fights, Jimmy. I'm sorry. I just had to That's okay. I know you were worried about it. I'm happy that you're uh, getting that taken care of. Um, Bo Nickel against Jamie Pickett. I'm going to say Bo Nickel. And I'm going to say by uh, first round submission. You know, Pickett's a veteran. I, I, Bo Nickel has not been out of the second round yet. Uh, he finished. Uh, has he been out of the way? Let me see. No, I don't think he has. I don't. I don't believe he has. Go ahead and pick it. Sorry, Go but I think. It. I think Nickel gets a stoppage. But I'm going to say that Jamie takes him into the third round. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say sec. You know what? Let me say second round. Second round. I I think that again, Pickett's a very experienced fighter. Um, and you never know what kind of nerves somebody is going to have opening, no matter how confident you are, you know, fourth professional fight. Um, I think Pickett takes him into at least the second round, maybe the third, but I'm going to say second round stoppage by uh, Bonicle. All right, you picked it. Uh, let me tell you, uh, Gamrot versus Turner, talk to me. What do you think about this one, man? All right, hold on a second. Um, That's all, looking, I think we're going in that direction. Yeah, 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 of course. I'm just looking at last... Uh, Fights. I like both of these guys a lot. Um, Jalen Turner has been, let me see, two forts. It is a five fight uh, win streak. Um, you know, Riddell and Malarkey were his last two fights. And uh, let me see. And Gamrot's yep. last fight was, who did he beat? Um, hey, Jimmy, I know you're excited. Oh, he's on a loss, right, to uh, Benil Darius. What's that? Yes. Well, yeah, that is Benil Darius. And right. it was a decision. I mean, it was it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Jimmy, I'm trying to let you know, The Mandalorian Season 3 came out today. Oh, I know. Are you excited about that? No. Grogu? Jimmy, this is the way. Can you get a little fun in your little heart? Can you? Jimmy, what are you watching? The White Lotus? No, I'm watching The uh, the Last of Us. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I like that too. You know, I'm surprised that was me to do that video game is pretty. Is that the Zach story? Because it's based on a video game. I know they say it's, it's pretty, very close. It's a pretty good story. I'm going to take Gamrot by decision over Jalen Turner. I say Gamrot is going to have a hell of a fight. And I yeah. think he's going to get him in the uh, third round. He's going to find the home for something and, uh, and end it. Okay. Now, we should skip Jeff Neal, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, because we're going to talk to Rachmanov shortly, and then we'll talk. We'll, we'll see what he says and how he uh, appears and then make our decisions after. Alexa okay. Grasso, Komain, uh, Shevchenko defending against Alexa Grasso. I cannot. Yeah. I, I'll say Shevchenko by decision. I'm going to say Grasso's got a good enough defense on the floor to survive down there. I don't think she's going to get crucifixed the way – Valentina gets a lot of girls down there. Uh, I think she's going to make it through, but I think Shevchenko is just is just scary, and I think she's going to win by decision. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm yelling about, Jimmy. I, I think what's that? Valentina stops her in the third round. Well, you know, I think she stops opinion. her in the third round. That is your opinion. 
we're going to hear about all the odds in two when we get Yanni on here. That's right. Now, Jones, Cyril gone. We've both, we've both um, obviously are taking Jones. I know you're taking him. You think he's going to take him out on the floor and strangle him, and I think he's going to uh, go to a decision. I also think Jones is a very, very smart fighter, and he's also going to be very aware of getting caught can be a problem. What if I did the podcast like this? I'd prefer it. First, first round sub. No. First, first round sub. Okay. You know what? You've picked some really interesting ones lately, and you've been right about yeah. everything. Jones' wait, decision. Just, wait, hold on. Is that a shot at me? No. No, no. You picked some. You I made some. Been right about everything. No, no, no. I mean, when you picked a couple of fights, you picked them. You analyzed them well before the fight, and you were right. I, I, I told. Uh, I told, uh, two, I think, two of our three last guests how well you've been picking fights lately. I've been shit. Thank you, Jimmy. I Thank you, you are, Matt Sarah. I love when you give me compliments. Uh, Frost the Hobby, I think I told him how well you are. I, I just forget the fight, Matt. My memory is gone. We were on the radio this morning, and we were talking oh. about uh, Patty Pimblett's last in. fight, and it took oh. me a minute to pull up Jared Gordon's name. Like My memory is starting to go. It's either that or there's just so many fucking things entering my brains. It's funny you said that, man, because I was talking to one point, uh, Dana forgot uh, the name at a press conference. Uh, Dana White. Yeah, yeah. Dana White, of course. Uh, No, Dana McGillicuddy. I'm fucking fucking around. But uh, so Dana, so then Longo goes, hey, unless you're over, unless you're over 50, he goes, I don't want to hear shit about anybody saying that they're forgetting a name. He's like, I can't remember shit. He's like, so yeah. it's like, as you get older, I think names could escape you. That's what I'm hearing. They, I, I'm 54, and they, they they really do. It's like a fucking sieve. Hey, let's bring uh, Rachmanov in. He's in the uh, in the waiting room along with his translator. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Shavkat. Nice to meet you. So now, Jeff Neal, this is your biggest fight today. Neil Magny, very tough. Now, Jeff Neal. Another big name. How excited are we? How excited are we to fight Jeff Neal? Yeah, I think Jeff is a very good opponent. You know, I think we're going to have a very good and exciting fight. And it's another step closer to the title shot for me. And what do you expect? Jeff Neal, do you think Jeff Neal is going to try to pull you into the third round? I mean, obviously your fight's end relatively quickly. What do you think Jeff Neal's strategy against you is going to be? I don't know what his plan is. You know, he'll. I think he'll try to work as he's always do. He'll try to outstrike me, but we'll see if he's going to work or not. Your sister Sora is also an MMA fighter. Is that true? Yeah. Now, your parents, let me ask you, how when you did your parents both get did they get you into martial arts or training in a at a very early age? Yeah, I think once I started showing some results in the sport, she got motivated too, and she started picking it up. And I think she's uh, she's not bad at it too. Now, uh, Jeff Neal is a big name opponent. Uh, you're number nine; he's number seven. What do you think? If you have a, 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 a solid or, or exciting win over Jeff Neal, what do you think the next step is if the fight goes the way you want it to and it's a good, a good ending? You know, anyone who's going to get me closer to the top fight, I'm willing to fight them, you know. Right now, I'm just focused 100% on Jeff Neal. Yeah, that's very smart. Um, the rest of the division... 
Uh, there are a lot of guys who are very, very good uh, on the floor at, at the top of that division. Now, I know you are only looking at Jeff Neal, but if if they were to match you up with somebody in the top, say, the top six or the top five, uh, who would you want that to be if you had a choice? Yeah, just like I said, you know, anyone who's going to get me closer to the title fight, uh, it can be cold, it can be Bilal, you know, anyone, I'm ready. I'm reading here that he used to play Mortal Kombat. Is that true? And does he still enjoy video games? And for the record, translator, I love the video games. But go ahead, let him know that. Yeah, I don't have much time for video games recently. Of course, when I was a kid, I used to play a lot. Uh, right now, if I have time, I play just PUBG Mobile, you know, on the phone. How did you get the nickname Nomad? I started my career in an event called Battle of Nomads. And, and when I did it, you know, I didn't have any nickname. And uh, actually, the nickname Nomad really suits me too, you know, because I used to live in different places. So that's how I ended up being having this fight name. When you were, uh, if you moved around a lot when you were a kid, does it make it harder to, to make friends when you're a kid because you just expect to move out of the location you're in? You know, yeah, it was hard. It took for me like uh, around two, two, three years to adapt. You know, but once I started being involved in sports, I started to have friends in sports. Yeah, maybe that's my personality too. You know, I don't get close with too many people. Well, when you're the new kid in school, like, because did, did kids sometimes want to fight the new kid or they want to pick on the new kid? It's just kind of a normal thing that kids go through. Did he have to deal with any of that? And did that contribute to him competing? No, like I, I finished one school and I just move, moved on after I graduated in school. And in a school, I never had a problem with fights, you know, because I used to always win. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they learned. <laughs> well, look, Shavkat, uh, a very, very exciting fight for you. This is a great matchup. We love Jeff Neal as well. Good luck on Saturday night. Um, you know, you're obviously a contender and 16-0, um, incredible. You're fighting against Neil Magny. I mean, very, very impressive. Before I let you go, what did you never see people handle Neil Magny? He's known for constant pressure and cardio and you really uh, fought him very, very well. Did he surprise you at all uh, in that fight? Was there anything Neil Magny did that you didn't expect? Yeah, nothing surprised me at all, you know. I just did my job better that night, you know, and uh, working hard in practice, you know, just to perform well. Thank you very much for coming on. You're a great fighter, and we are uh, really looking forward to seeing this fight on Saturday. Good luck. Have a great fight. Thank you. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Jimmy, I got a nice question for uh, the producer, Jake. Nice job with that fucking Mortal Kombat question, fuckface. (laughs) <laughs> wow that guy wow that guy really shit on me there i hey well i was waiting to hear in the in like the, through the translator like blah 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 pop one that i'm like oh vr i thought we're gonna bond over video games the yeah. first thing that comes back is well when i was a child i liked some video games and yeah obviously time for it now so i was sitting there like i oh my oh i Oh, I just, I was waiting for this interview to get over because I got to go play my VR. Now I just feel like an immature man child. And it, it just took me right out of that interview. Matt, you literally, he acted like you said to him. So I understand that you like to sit in a high chair and eat pudding. <laughs> he, did, he looked at me like it was the most moronic. It is literally on the question sheet of, he, he I, Jake, I have a question. Where did you pull that out of? Is there an interview somewhere where the guy said he liked playing Mortal fucking Kombat? Or my fr- there was an interview. Let me read this. There was an interview where he said that. Oh, good. When was it? In his school newspaper when he was 13, you fuck? 10 days ago. Well, I'll tell you right now. I don't know about his memory, but he shot that right down. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a different video game? All I know is. Yeah. My follow-up question then thrown right out of the water, which was, which is his favorite character? <laughs> so I was going to say anyway, oh, you don't have time for it. But when you do, who do you like? Johnny Cage? And then he'll fucking be like, <laughs> the guy didn't want to yeah. talk to me more anymore. No. Well, he was a younger when he played that. So I understand that you like to crawl around in a playpen. Uh- <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'm lightheaded. Why does your settings, every time you laugh, it cuts out? You have to have, can we fix that, Jake? Because then it sounds like Matt just isn't, it left the room. I'm here. I know, but it sounds yeah, like it's a very strange Jimmy, I have a question. thing that cuts I, off. There's I, got, I, that's got to be fixed. I have stomach issues. When I go to your, 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 um, your thing this weekend at the Paramount. Yes, buddy. The bathrooms, your, how long is your set? Uh, an hour maximum. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it bad if I come in during your openers and shit? Or is that like... No, that, come in whenever you want. How do you have to be seated and when do you go on? Can you tell me these things? Um, They'll make sure you're seated and everything is taken care of. Oh, okay. Kenny will take care of you. Kenny will be there. Club Soda Kenny? Club Soda Kenny will be there. I'm sure he'll be oh. very happy to see you. You know Kenny. Uh, he he used to work at the, the Open Anthony show. Open Anthony show, yeah. Now he's he's road managed for Dice for me. He's done Amy Schumer. I think he's out on the road with Bill Burr now, and, and when he's around, he's, he's coming to uh, to help me out. Well, that's great, Jimmy. Well, listen, I'm asking questions. 
because I want to plug it, even though it's sold out, right? Yeah, well, there's a few singles left if anybody had, but I do have New Jersey. Uh, if you're in this area and you can't make this, May 20th, it's in a pre-sale now in Montclair at the Wellmont Theater, May 20th. If it's funny, Matt, the pre-sale code, which is only until 10 p.m. tonight, is unfiltered. So people probably think it's a UFC podcast thing, but it's not. It's me doing stand-up. So they, you know what's going to be upsetting for yeah. them? when they show up to that one and I'm not there. They're going to hate you know, it. I thought it, was, I thought it was an unfiltered thing. Yeah. You know? Well, we I didn't pick that. Answer. When is Johnny, Yanni, the Greek, getting in here so we could talk about some shit? Yeah. Oh, we should pick uh, Jeff Neil Rachmanov. Uh, he seems very fucking confident and ready to go. Um, I love Jeff Neil. I, I mean, I just, Rachmanov is such... A uh, okay, in a couple minutes. A killer uh, on, the, on the floor. Um, I have to take. You can't look at it. You can't look at it like, you know, that Jeff Neal lost to uh, Neil Magny. Okay, that, that, no, I don't. Was, that was a decision. He didn't. He didn't get subbed. No, that was a, a decision. Yeah, but my thing is. Interesting though, man. He knocked out some people. Holy shit! He he did. I mean, actually, he took. He he has a win over Bilal Muhammad. He does. Yeah, and that was uh, only uh, it was about well, four years ago now, but it was a decision win over Bilal. Yeah, is that Bilal's last upset. loss? I'm going Hold for the on. upset. I'm going for the upset. Um, I believe it's the upset. I believe. Well, we'll talk to Yanni about that. I'm going to go with Jeff Neal. Second round stoppage. I was going to say decision for uh, for, uh, for uh, a Rachmanov, yes. For the Nomad. For, yeah. the no, for the no Mortal Kombat guy. Thanks, I, thanks, Jake the producer. I don't know where you got that from. Wherever you got that from, it's false information. He looked yeah. at me like I was a moron. Yeah. He looked at me like this grown ass man. Oh, do you like the you like the, the play tic tac toe? <laughs> How do you like? Do you ever play the game Operation? I mean, dude, come on, man, make me yeah. feel like an asshole. It was a good question. It was not a good question, Jimmy. Sure. Was. So I understand I that you like your you I like put, a. This nice. He's 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 backing him up. The question I put was: We hear. That you used to play Mortal Kombat. Who was your favorite cat? Oh, okay. You used to. All right. So we, we we heard that when you were 12. Yeah. Used to play. We heard they used to play with G.I. Joe. Who do you like in G.I. Joe? Word That's has it that when you have a hard time sleeping, a warm baba helps you drift <laughs> off. Do you <laughs> like a baba? And how warm do you like your baba? Now... <laughs> I, I got to take, and I love Jeff Neal. I mean, I really love Jeff Neal. I have to take uh, Shavkat Rachmanov, and I have to take him in the second round. Uh, if, it, if I didn't love Jeff Neal so much, I would maybe even take him in the first. You wouldn't have to do anything. Yeah, I know, but I, I can't. I, I'm never rooting against Jeff Neal, ever. But I just think Rachmanov has been on too much of a roll, and he's looked too good. I, I might have told you this before, but it makes sense. And so again, he could drop him. Sorry, go ahead. He, listen. Once I heard Al Pacino say this in an interview, it makes so much sense that I would have been annoyed with him. I would have been annoyed at the director for taking like a scene out. Listen, I might have said this before and I'm not sure because I forget. Oh, about heat? Oh, I did say this already. Yes, you're right. I, what am I going to say? 
that he was over the top and she got a great ass because he had done coke earlier in the thing and that explained it. His character was supposed to be a bit, a little bit of, you know, he, he, he had a little bit of a coke problem. A coke problem. And he would do that to like sniff that to keep, stay up all night fighting crime and getting the criminals. But that's why he was all like, that's why he was over the top. Makes perfect He's sense. Got a great ass. Right. Right, so I wonder why they took that out, or or how do you justify that to Al Pacino when he's like, it's almost like crazy in, if, if they did Scarface, but they took out all the parts about him being Cuban and dealing drugs, and you're like, well, why is he just yelling like this? It doesn't make any sense. Why are these guys coming to shoot him? Why, why is he just like? Why is he having a normal conversation? Then he's like, give me all your knives, give me all your. Yeah, it's like he's crazy, but yeah. it makes that's why he goes. That's why some of those choices I made, he's like, so I don't know. I don't know why. Is he annoyed when they took that out? No, but he said, he goes, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but there was some of the choices that were made for myself and, you know, be playing that character. That would explain a lot of it (laughs) because he's getting off the cocaine. So I don't know. I thought that was very interesting. I like, I like hearing all the little. I do too. Like I heard like Tom Selleck was supposed to play Die Hard. He was going to be John McClane. Imagine what happened? Did he say no to it or did they just find uh, Bruce Willis? No, but I remember when Bruce Willis did it, they said, so I'm like, oh no, the guy from Moonlighting, that's not going to work. He, and he was so good. It, it was good. By the way, poor Bruce Willis had aphasia and now it's it's dementia. They've announced that he has, he has dementia, 67. So it's very sad news. He's such a great fucking actor. Great action star. I did a scene with him in a movie, and he was nice to me. So, if Longo gets that dementia, I'm going to be driving around the neighborhood. He's like, Who are you? I'm like, ah. I'll be circling around the block, let him out, seeing see if he can get home. <laughs> anyway, I was saying, first of all, that's in bad taste. Nice, no, okay. I don't. Mind. I wouldn't really do that. That's all right. I, I live in bad taste. But he's a little it. bit older than me. I, dude, I, you know what, man? I was thinking the other day. And I was talking to Longo, and there was a time I I, uh, I got back from the uh, some fights in the city, and I was with my uh, I think I was with my wife and her cousins, right? And we were at this uh, diner in Long Island, and I see Longo in the other room. I might have told you this before. And I see Longo, and he's there with my friend Dr. Sherry and my buddy James Gaber, my old uh, Muay Thai teacher at my school, and uh, he taught for me for a long time. And I remember I called Longo. I go, there they are in the other part. Look at them. They're the part of the diner. So I called Longo. He's with Dr. Sherry and Gabert. He sees me. Look, he sees my phone. He holds the phone up to them and he puts his eyes up like this. So I go, this motherfucker is not going to pick up the phone. Look at this. So I go, honey, look, he's not picking up this. And then finally he picks it up. And I go, you son of a bitch. And I seen him the whole time and they were laughing. And I was talking to J- uh, Gabbard, I not Gabbard, I was talking to Longo about it. And I go, Longo, do you realize you're the only one alive at that table now? Do you know that shit? Wow. Doctor, you know, James took his life and, and uh, Dr. Sherry passed from cancer. So it's like, you know what I mean? So it's like, I go, Longo, you're the only guy at that table left. I go, there's nobody else. This is, I don't, did I just get morbid? <laughs> That's okay. I get, I get that too. It happens when you get older. You start realizing you are kind of lucky to still be here. Damn. All right. Yanni's in the waiting room. Sorry. Yeah. We took a weird turn. That's all right. Yanni the Greek talking about death. There he is. Hello, Yanni sir. 
I've been waiting in the wave room. I'm like, are they not going to let me in? Is there a pass? That's Is there fuck. a code or something? I got to knock. It's not your fault. I blame the producer. Yeah, I'm we happy you're know. in now, Johnny. We want to hear some odds, and we want to know how you did last time that you were here. Yes, we. You, I, I think I, I, honestly, you got me at the right time. I'm red hot. I'm I'm okay. coming off the, the the best start of a year I've had in like a decade. It's it's all documented. You could just look on social media on my Twitter. Like the next spot, you could you could tie up the next five guys behind me, prop it together, and I'm still ahead of them right now through the first eight weeks. Like I've had that good of a start. So yeah, you got me on perfect timing, baby. This should be pay per view. Do you remember how how you how you did in the only could we talk to you the, uh, again? I think it was two eighty four that you were on for Makachev against Volkanovski. I think that was the Makachev was simply I, I said pass because Makachev should win this fight, but there's absolutely no betting value. So even though he should win the fight, that doesn't mean it's a good bet. Just like oh. I was explaining, someone's hitting a, a number on roulette right now. It's still a terrible bet. They're happy they won to themselves. They may say it's a good bet, but it's a terrible bet. So that's what we concluded there. Right. Um, and then it was the, the co-main event that I had a small sprinkle and that didn't get there. Uh, but I, like I, we didn't share my bets. We could do that if you want. Like I, I placed a couple bets already on this card that for your viewers, I could just fire off real quickly and then we could talk main event, co-main. Yes, love to hear it. Around, yes. Just so that, they could get some of the stronger picks if you want. Love to hear it. Yes. Let's do it. Shoot. Oh, we're ready to go. Let's do oh, it. Oh, yes, buddy. Oh, yeah. no. The this first bet, the first hard. bet I fired immediately was Marc Andre Barrio. He opened as an underdog. He's now a minus 150 favorite. And this should be at least a minus 200 number. So you still have some room and some margin to take advantage of. And it took all of nine minutes for guys like myself to make him the favorite when he opened as the underdog. And the reason's pretty simple. The experience factor, when you look at their minutes in the octagon, it's just One's got almost 2x the amount of experience. That sticks out, number one. You couple that with um, most of the betting public being on the Marquez side. When I talk to bookmakers, they're actually taking the bait and, and betting the underdog. Um, to me, that sticks out more than anything. When you see the, the recreational bettors lining up to bet the underdogs, because again, they like to bet favorites. They like to bet unders. When they do the opposite of what they're usually doing, you need to take a step back and ask why. And when you look, it looks because Marquez, they think, should be able to get him out of there. That's not going to happen. This will remain striking. And uh, the edges are all on the Barry outside. Lay the 150 comfortably. He wins this fight. And, okay. and real quickly, uh, a, a total that I bet over one and a half. And I'm sharing this because I'm seeing a lot of recreational bettors betting the under. And that's Neil against Rachmanov. I've seen this over and over again in MMA. As guys get onto the contender, it's their first time they're ever facing someone of that quality. And a guy that has 15 knockouts ends up seeing a second or third round for the first time. Eventually, guys like Rachmanov run into that same obstacle in the UFC, where the tougher the strength of schedule is, the higher the probability they're going to see more and more minutes. But because of their past history, the odds makers still have to line it low. That total one and a half, I'll tell you this, over the last 10 years, Jimmy, if you did nothing else but just bet a, a one and a halves, you lost money. Like bettors like to bet under because they want to see knockouts, but it's a losing bet. Your minus 3% return on investment going under one and a half. Re, be, stay away from those. The only thing worse is going under three and a half or under four and a half. 
Those are dead bets, bad bets. Stay away from those. So real quickly, we're going to go over Neil Rachmanov, over one and a half. Neil's never been finished in the UFC, as tough as they come. And I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wouldn't say he beats Rachmanov. He shouldn't be this big of an underdog. That's for damn sure. Rachmanov should be able to get by, but he is too high of a favorite. So we're not going to bet the dog. Instead, we're going to go over one and a half. Take Marc-Andre Barrial, and you are gold with a side and a total. And if you need a little small underdog, maybe look at uh, Viviana Rajo. Again, Amanda Rebos, huge, huge fan favorite. And because of that, she's usually going to be priced with a premium. And that's what we got here against a tough Arajo who should be there the entire three rounds. This girl's never been finished. And let's not forget, when it comes to women's MMA, when the higher probability that the judges get involved, you don't want to be holding too many favorite tickets in your pocket when you're worried about how the judging goes. Meaning if you have plus money, if you have an underdog ticket in your pocket, there's a little bit of room for error. But when you're laying 120, 130s, 150s, there's no room for error because you now have to hit two bets to turn a profit. Meaning at minus 150, if you split, go one and one, you lost money. But if two underdogs, you go one and one, you made money. So be very cautious betting favorites. Be can, and, and as a non-better, how does that work? Minus 150. Like you said that a really, uh, the Jeff Neal uh, Rachmanov is, is you think a very good bet. If I wanted to possibly do something there, uh, say I had a hundred bucks. Could you explain to me like in just basic sure. non-gambling term, what that means with a hundred bucks for Jeff Neal Rachmanov? Very simple. These lines simply all reflect to win a hundred dollars. So when you have the favorite, you're betting to win $100. When you bet the underdog, you're flat betting $100. So hear me out. A favorite of minus 150 would be the underdog is plus 130. So if I want to win $100 on the favorite, I have to put up 150 to win 100. Right. If I bet the underdog, I put that same 100. Now I get back 130. 130, okay. So that's where the minus comes in. Wherever you see the minus, you see minus 300. That means I now have to put up 300 to win 100. And that starts to get a little bit expensive, but where recreational betters, Jimmy, don't take that next step. And I see it all the time because hear me out. There's a lot of with gambling Twitter out there. Everybody's a winning sports better. Be careful. Very few people win betting sports. There's a lot of people that cover sports betting, but very few people that win at actually doing it. Um, so you, you got to be very selective and you got to be very cautious about um, just, you know, run betting, uh, because you think someone's going to win at the end of the day, we bet like a person like myself that bets bets because I think the number's off and that's the only reason. Okay. And what, what I'm saying is that recreational bears don't take that next step. What does minus 300 mean? Like you could ask nine out of 10 betters and they'll say, yeah, he's a favorite, but what does minus 300 mean? What does it mean? It means 75% break even. What does minus 400 mean? 80% break even. What does minus 200 mean? 67% break even. So why am I bringing those up? Because that's the win percentage you need just to break even. So when you lay minus 400, you have to conclude he wins 80% of the time in this spot just for you to break even. So if I'm gonna lay minus 400, I have to come to the table with the conclusion that he should win this fight about 90% of the time. To make money, right. It don't matter that he's going to win. Of course he should win. A minus 400 on paper is going to always look better than the underdog. But 
betting those big favorites when they're overpriced is a sure way to go broke. That's the so, quickest way to lose money. It's with a. It's all based on the idea of a hundred, right? Uh, so like, gone is a uh, plus one thirty-five. So if I have a hundred bucks. Um, and I put it down. If I want to win a hundred bucks, I have to bet one sixty on Jones. And if I bet a hundred on Cyril, I win one hundred and thirty-five if he wins. Exactly, and that's the one fight everyone's talking about, guys. And from a betting perspective, that's one that I'm going to sit and watch. Um, I any time that I could make a very good argument, I mean a strong argument for both guys, it tells me that I'm guessing. And I'm okay with a little bit of uncertainty. I live in a world of uncertainty, of probability, so I'm comfortable with that. But the more uncertainty, the higher my return is, meaning the further I'm going out on the risk curve, the higher my return needs to be. And in this fight, there's just way too many uncertainties, guys. We're talking about a John Jones who's never fought at heavyweight, but he's arguably the GOAT. So you can't fade this guy. He's 18-1 and with one no contest as a favorite. His average closing line is minus 472. So a guy whose average closing line is 472, you're now getting him as minus 165. So it's a discounted price on John Jones. I should be jumping on him, but here's the problem. This is the first time we're ever going to see Cito Gan as an underdog. He's been a favorite in all nine of his UFC fights. He will close as a dog for the first time, uncharted territory for Cyril. Let's not forget, he closed as a minus 145 favorite against Francis Ngannou. I don't care that he lost that fight. What I care about is that me, you, and the betting market concluded he should win that fight when he walked into the octagon. That's what I look at. What was the closing line? Forget the fact that he lost. Again, they could have fought the next day and the different outcome could have happened. Uh, obviously, Maddie knows that. Um, there's so much randomness to, to any, you know, five, 15, 20 minute fight. Um, so for me, that that's why this fight is just so difficult to, to find a side where I say this line's off. It's inefficient. I think this is a good fight to book. If you're a bookmaker, you sit back and let the betters decide. And that's why you're not seeing much line movement because there's good two-way action. So what happens? The sports book gets to walk in and sweep up all that juice at no risk. They're in a good position here, and that's okay. So we have to watch it as a fan. If you're doing it for profit, like myself, if you're right. doing it for entertainment, have at it. And my advice, I wouldn't fade John Jones. Like, I don't know a person walking this planet that is rich by betting against John Jones. So if you want to be the first one to say you did that, have at it. Um, who do I you think on, on a non on a non professional gambling thing, just as a fight fan, who do you think wins that fight? John Jones, uh, yeah, okay. John Jones. Um, uh, simply because the analytics show he doesn't have as many advantages as one may think. Um, they're they're very close, uh, but I, I think it's the experience. Hundred percent is is just keeps jumping out at me. Those minutes that he's had, those fights that he's had, that experience. I think is what should take over here. And when you look at gun, that's what he lacks. I mean, that's the one thing in MMA that sticks is the most glaring. You look at a record where, you know, he, he's got 12 professional fights and you're going up against the GOAT. Granted, yeah. he can win this fight. They're at heavyweight. One big punch and it's over. But if I'm going to fade John Jones, you got to give me at least two to one. 
Like I need to get plus 200 because at plus 200, my break even is 33%. So I'm saying, yeah, one out of three times, CDO gets in there and gets the job done. But I don't think he does it more than that. And that's what this line reflects. This line reflects, if you're betting Cedillo, you're saying that if they meet 10 times in Matt's backyard, that Cedillo wins this fight, you know, four out of 10 times, or either even even, because you want to have a margin at plus money. So you're saying they walk out of there five and five. I don't think that's the case. I think it's at least six to four, seven, I mean, seven to three in favor of Jones. Uh, but it's the question marks and that I don't have uh, nothing but I'm guessing like everyone else because right. I don't have the data at heavyweight to back up what I'm saying. I'm not willing to trade my dollars for a bet ticket in that spot. I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Jimmy. I I agree in a sense where it's not about ability and, and talent and skill because I think uh, Cyril Gon has all that. Sure. But I question his fight IQ. He did not lose to Francis uh, Ngannou because he wasn't the better fighter. He lost because of a poor choice. He got a takedown. He got him where he wanted. All he had to do was stay on top. He laid down with the leg. It cost him the fifth round, cost him the fight. Poor choice. And uh, again, you make a, a choice or a decision. You even accept going to the ground with John Jones. And I think you're getting submitted. So I don't know. I think that fight IQ is a huge, huge part of it. And that only, that's something you only get through experience. So, you know, that's, that's my two cents on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yanni, thank you very much. You're such an interesting guy. I love having you on. It's so well, great to hear the way guy. your brain works. It's a, it's a very busy brain. And uh, good luck this weekend, man. Have a Thanks good time. Thanks for having me, guys. Cash them, don't trash them. I hope everyone makes money. Whether you follow or fade me, it's irrelevant. We're all on the same side. I hope you guys make some money and enjoy the fight. Be cautious on Valentina Shevchenko and Bo Nickel. Yes, they should win their fights, but they're terrible bets at those prices. Enjoy UFC 285. Should be a banger. Thanks all right, buddy. Me, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Johnny. Take care, man. And Matt, I will. Uh, I will see you. Always great having him. He's got such a, a fun. I would like to have him earlier in the show, though, so we can have more time with him. And thank you to uh, uh, Shavkat uh, Rachmanov and, of course, uh, Bo Nickel, two undefeated, really, really exciting fighters. And uh, did you let pick me just give a pr- what, buddy? Did you pick the main event? I did. I th- I said Jones. By decision, I do not think. Uh, I mean, there's a part of me that thinks Gon is going to catch him. Like, even though Gon does not have that one punch knockout uh, thing like in Gon, who typically did, or Derek Lewis, or even Tuivasa, he did hurt uh, uh, Tuivasa. And I also think that that booming left kick to the body, Jones has seen it before, but I don't know if he's taken it as hard as. Cyril gone and maybe Jones's experience as much as he is probably the greatest ever. He hasn't fought professionally in three years. Maybe the fact that gone has been in there fighting makes up for a little bit of that lack of experience. I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that wants to take Cyril gone too, because I think that he is, uh, he has looked really tremendous against some devastating heavyweights. He just fucked up against Nganu, like you said, and his fight IQ just made a stupid mistake, but for all intents and purposes, he lost the fight, but he was winning that fight and kind of handed it over. Uh, Francis did not take it. Well, listen, what the fight is this Saturday night, pay per view, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that right after I'm done hanging out watching my Jimmy make everybody laugh, and I can't wait to I can't, I can't wait to see you there. You know so- what? I'm gonna take Cyril Gunn. 
Here's why. Oh my goodness. Jamie. Here's why. Because again, he has not fought anybody as well-rounded as John Jones. I don't think anybody as smart in the octagon as John Jones. Um, but he has fought some tremendous veterans. Again, Junior Dos Santos was not exactly in his prime, but uh, Rosenstrike, Alexander Volkov, Derek Lewis, uh, he loses to Ngannou. He comes back and knocks out Tai Tuivasa. He's, these, none of these are easy fights. These are all murderers. Tanner Bozer, uh, Dante Mays. These are all fucking killers, I think. Go ahead, and then I'll tell you what I'm saying. Are you saying they're opposite things? I still, I think, what, buddy? You know, tell me what you think fast, and I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. Oh, sorry. I I think that he winds up, uh, I think he wins this fight. Uh, I think he stops John in the third. Can I tell you why I held up my espresso and my... um... Someone has to shit. Well, I got to do three things right now. (laughs) Okay. I'll see you Saturday. No, 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 no. The three oh. things are, um, uh, I don't want to be mature about this because before I, I brought up the video games, it was kind of immature. Sure. But those those three things are, um, um, uh, what is it now? Um, kaki, poo-poo. Wait, wait, no, hold on. Kaki, poo-poo, kaka? Kaki, kaki poo-poo, doo-doo, or something like that, yeah. Kaki, poo-poo, okay. doo-doo. You ever see? You ever see? It was from... Uh, Young Frankenstein. They're like, oh no, there's so many of the kids in the audience. It's kids here. Kakapoo. What was it? What was it? The order of it. I don't remember. All right, we're grown ass man. Can we? I just have to use the bathroom. So okay. who do you want to pick? You pick. I'm I taking pick- Cyril gone by the third round. Kakapoo duty. Kakapoo duty is what I should have said. Tonight, come Jimmy, see me, fat black pussy cat. Matt, I'll see you Saturday. I didn't really say cockapooba. No, no, you didn't. I, I pretended I didn't hear it. I Everybody, you pretend you didn't hear that. Bye, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow.